Oh no, because oh gosh, dad around the house, everybody that's asked like, so how's your dad? How's your dad? I'm like, honestly, I was like, he walks around the house cracking dad jokes 24-7. I've joked for years that I'm going to get him a book and just start writing down every bad dad joke that he tells so I can just store them all and give it to him as a gift because, and he, and oh, but he'll repeat them. He'll think they're so funny. I love that. I think that would be a great gift. The intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Joining us here on the Bar Conversation, she's a rising country artist. Her latest single, Texas Hold'em, is out now. you got to give it a listen. Let's welcome in Tyler Reese-Trick. Hi. How are you today? Or tonight? I guess it's tonight, right? <laughs> yep, it's tonight. Yep, 8.30. I'm doing great. It's finally starting to feel like fall here, so I'm, I'm very, very happy. Well, good, good. Now... You know, since it's fall time, I'm wondering, are you drinking anything good? Because we always ask that since this is called Bar Conversations. What, what do you got in your, your glass tonight? Oh, 1,000%. Um, definitely more of a wine girl when the cooler weather starts coming in. During my summer months, it's all tequila, vodka, <laughs> occasionally whiskey. Um, but for the most part, yeah, once those cooler, mar- cooler months start coming in, I'll do um, wine or like a fun hot chocolate with some Kahlua, you know? I like it. Now, what kind of wine are you? White, red, blend? What, what are you using? Anything sweet. I love sweet red wine. Nice. I, I discovered um, Malbec wine over, uh, earlier this year. On We went on a trip down to Patagonia, and that's basically all they had, and it was wonderful. So... <laughs> Oh, I bet. Oh, we just played a winery not too long ago, and um, they were they asked, they're like, "What wine's your favorite?" I was like, "Well, I love all wine, but sweet wine's my favorite." They're like, "Well, that's perfect because that's what we specialize in." And everything I tasted there was amazing. I was like, "Goodness gracious!" And then you left. I was definitely feeling good by the time I <laughs> by the time I left. I was gonna say you left with a a, a whole a whole uh, box of wine. <laughs> now. Oh, they did. They gave me several bottles. I was like, you don't know what you're doing. I'm, I'm going to be blowing your phone up now every single time. I'll be like, hey, I'm out of the bottle. I need a bottle. And I'll come do a show. It, it, it'll all work out well for you, right? Yep, I'll come do a show. I just need a couple of bottles. Now, because I know you're <laughs> you're from Georgia, I found one of the Georgia whiskeys. I got a little granddaddy Mims. Uh, so I had to at least keep it up uh, and give Ooh. some Georgia whiskey for you. Ooh, yeah. See, I, I gotta be, I gotta be in the mood to drink some whiskey because stuff happens. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, do you drink? Like, I, I've asked this, and I, I find it funny because some people be like, "We'll take it like a band or whatever." They'll be like, "We take a shot of whiskey or a drink of whiskey or something before you know get the the vocal cords going." Do you have a a ritual like that, or is it water and stay hydrated? Yep, we do a shot of tequila. A shot of tequila. I, I love tequila. <laughs> now, that that fits very well with my next question because I saw where you struggled to do a, a bit for your, I think it was the porch light video where you, you couldn't get through words. Well, I, could, <laughs> I couldn't get through Inyeho. We tried to do a review on a, an Inyeho and it came out like Inyeho and, and all sorts of wrong things. My, my <laughs> Appalachia came out of me. So I feel your pain. 
Oh, it, yeah, that night. And I had I'd had a few, too. And I was like, goodness gracious. The words were just not coming out as bad as I was wanting them to. I mean, how many... How- how difficult is that sometimes when you're trying to do that that perfect take, and, and and then you get you're like you get caught up on one different word each time. You do. I mean, there's sometimes where it's just like a one-time take. You go in and it's like, all right, I got it today. And then there's those days where your brain is just like mashed potatoes, and you're like, it's just one word that gets you, or it's one little phrase, and you just can't. And I think the more you're trying to not focus on that word or try to focus on get it right, you keep messing it up even more, and it's it's very frustrating. Now, I'm guessing you've learned to roll with that type of thing over the years because you grew up in a musical family. What, what was that like to, to grow up around music all your life? Oh, my gosh. It was, I mean, to me, it was normal. I mean, I, you know, other kids ask me or my friends would ask me growing up, and, you know, I'd tell them all what we got to do. Like we, the days that we really didn't have a lot of schoolwork, we got to go on the tour bus and we got to, get, you know, do all these concerts from the time we were little, little. And um, yeah, no, for us, it was like it was really normal. It wasn't until we got a little bit older that we were like, oh, dang, this is really, really cool. Like old enough to understand what was going on. Because before, we were just like, oh, pretty lights. Like, this is cool. I mean, at what moment did but you yes. realize that, you know, your, your dad and stuff was doing things that other people didn't get to do? I think he came to my school. Like, one time when I was younger, I think it was for my birthday or some, maybe the, like, parent day. Um but he came to have lunch with me at my school and everybody in my class was just like, Oh my God, that's your dad and going off. And I was like, yeah, so like, hello. And, and it wasn't until I got older and you know, they'd be like, Oh my God, you're dead. Cause I wouldn't know, you know, cause he's just dad, dad, dad. And then I, I feel like more people would tell me, they'd be like, Oh, your dad's Travis Tritt. Your dad's Travis Tritt. And I'd be like, huh? Like what? But okay, but then you know you got I got older and then being out on the road I was like okay, I, I see you I see you I, I got you. Were, were you. Was there ever a moment where you're like, oh wait, Dad's cool? I didn't think he was cool. I mean, was there like that moment too? <laughs> oh yeah, there definitely was that moment where I was just standing side stage and I was like, oh my god, like my dad's really really cool. <laughs> you're like that's not the dad it was, I know it was around very, the house. Very surreal. Oh, no, because, oh, gosh, dad around the house, everybody that asked, like, so how's your dad? How's your dad? I'm like, honestly, I was like, he walks around the house cracking dad jokes 24-7. I've joked for years that I'm going to get him a book and just start writing down every bad dad joke that he tells so I can just store them all and give it to him as a gift because, and he, and, oh, he'll repeat them. He'll think they're so funny. I think that would be a great gift. I think so, too. I thought so. <laughs> now, isn't it true that he tried to talk you out of going down the road of the music business and getting into that crazy world? Yes, he did. And I see you didn't listen very well. He definitely did. I did not. <laughs> I did not. He um, he had been asking me what I wanted to do, and um, I had mentioned, you know, 
I had, it, uh, it had always been singing for me. I always knew from a young age that that's what I wanted to do. So when I went to him and I told him, he was not very happy and he tried to talk me out of it and I just would not, I wouldn't stop. I was like, dad, you can sit here and try all day, but like you do, I see how you do what you do and you love what you do whenever you're up there. It's not like you're working at all. And I'm like, I, and I love to sing. So I was like, I, I want that, you know, I, I, that's what I see myself doing. So he was like, after I, of course I was relentless. He um, was like, all right. He goes, I will, if that's truly what you want to do, I will help you any way that I can. I'll give you any kind of advice, but he won't, Call, make calls for me. He won't pay anything for me. He's like, I will help. I will help you as giving you advice. But he said, but working from the ground up, he goes, I didn't have anybody help me to, you know, help put my foot in the door. He's like, you're going to figure this out yourself. And I was like, well, yeah, that's absolutely. I was gonna say, that's and it's pretty funny because cool. I'll show up to shows and people, I'll show up to shows and people will be like, where's your tour bus? And I'm like, I don't have a tour bus. I got an Enterprise rent-a-van outside, like, little minivan. <laughs> but I ain't got no tour bus. <laughs> Not yet, anyways. Well, I was going to say, I'm, I'm guessing that also gives you that appreciation of what it takes to, to get where, where, where others are, are at. And I mean, what's that journey been like for you? Because, you know, if you've got to make it on your, your own and you got to build up a, a fan base and do all that, I'm guessing it's been an interesting journey uh, for you in this industry. Oh, it definitely has. Oh, no, it definitely has been a very, very interesting journey. Definitely. I was going to say, for, for you, I mean, was there, you mentioned you wanted to sing, so there was never going to be a chance that you didn't go into something music-related then? There was a split second where I was like, because I do love animals, so I was like, okay, I could be like a vet assistant or like a vet or maybe work with babies, be like a neonatal neonatal nurse, but then I'm not, I don't like school. <laughs> so after high school, I was like, all right, that that's enough schooling for me. Um, and then when I found out the extra schooling that you need for those jobs, it, I was already more towards singing and that kind of pushed me towards singing a little bit more. I like it. I like it. You knew what you wanted to do and, and you knew what, how, how you wanted to get there. That's pretty cool. And, I did. And, I definitely did. And, you know, you talk about growing up in, in Georgia. And, and, you know, that's, I believe, is still where you call home. What was it like growing up there? I mean, what was uh, life for you like there? Oh, gosh. Like, amazing, honestly. Because we're far enough out in the country. But then maybe 15, 20 minutes, like if we wanted to go to the mall or, you know, go somewhere where there was action. But for the most part, it would just be nice going to school, coming home from school and actually just getting to be kids. And like, I have my two younger brothers, like we'd go out, we were always outside, we were playing, you know, we have property, we were always riding four wheelers or horses. And no, we were very fortunate. We had a really, really good childhood. I, was gonna say that, I, mean, that impact. I have a very fun family. <laughs> that that, that <laughs> makes life a lot more interesting. And I'm sure there's some good stories to share. And, I mean, being able to be out in the oh, country yeah. and, and do those kind of things, what impact did that kind of have on you? Because I'm guessing that, that you kind of experienced life a little bit. 
that was definitely, I mean, I think it, it really helped mold who I am today, honestly, like, because I, I couldn't, I couldn't be somewhere where I was cooped up in the city or inside, you know, four walls for too long. Like I have to be outside or I will go crazy. So definitely having that freedom and, you know, we really didn't have neighbors. So we kind of got to just play and do whatever it was. It was really, really nice. And then, uh, you know, I'm guessing your dad was maybe a small influence on you growing up, but who were the artists that you kind of looked up to and, and really just gravitated toward as, as you, you grew up, got older and even to this day? Oh gosh. Uh, who wasn't I listening to? Linda Ronstadt, Reba, Martina McBride, Carrie Underwood, Miranda Lambert. I was kind of just listening to it. Shania Twain. I was listening Jody Messina. I was just taking bits and pieces just from every female, Trisha Yearwood, Faith Hill, any female artist that I heard that just their voice or whatever song they were singing resonated with me. I was like, immediately, I was like, oh, middle note. And those were the, those were the, those were the artists that I really honed in on and focused on and where I get a lot of my sound from. You know, uh, you were on a song with your dad at, at age 14. Um, sometimes love just ain't enough. What was it like to sing with him on a song at that young of an age? It was amazing. It was honestly, it was cause I was, that wasn't planned. That wasn't anything expected. It kind of all just got thrown together last minute because um, he was looking for an artist to cut on that song and every female artist that he had already had had just done a duet so he was kind of stuck and he was like all right well I'll just hold on to this song and it was in this playlist and we were on our way to a wedding and he was just playing the playlist and that song came up while I was in the back seat just singing and he Kept, I was, and every time the song went in, I'd be like, Dad, can you play that song again? And he'd play it, and I'd keep singing it. Well, then when we got to our destination, he told my mom, he was like, I want to take her into the studio and cut this song with her. And mom was like, I think that'd be a great idea. And fun fact, <laughs> recording that song was the only time I have ever been like, okay, wait, maybe this is not for me at all because my dad is literally a Simon Cowell and he is strict as all get out. He is, I mean, I would say mean, but I mean, he's like brutally honest. He does not care if I'm his child. In fact, because I'm his child, he'll be like, that was flat. That was pitchy. That was terrible. Like, and I'm like, good Lord. Like it was a good minute before I could even sing in front of my dad. So when we went into the studio that, mind you, I'm 14 years old. That was the first time I have ever done anything like this. And um, I'm in the studio and, I, you know, I'm doing everything. I think I'm doing everything right. And sometimes it gets annoying because there's that one little verse or something. you got to keep singing over and over again. And that's what we were stuck on. Well, David, our sound engineer, was like, Travis, I can just hit one little button and that it'll fix exactly what you're needing her to fix. She's doing it almost exactly like you said. He goes, almost exactly, not exactly like I said. So he'd be going back and forth. And my mom's in the sound room too. And she was like, Tyler Reese, bless your heart. She goes, every time your daddy walked in and out of the room, you just look at me with your big old eyes. She goes, you look like you were about to cry. And I was like, no, mom, I was about to cry. 
I was literally about to just throw my hands up and be like, you know what? No, if this is what recording is like, I am done. And even after the fact, he made me pay for all the time that I wasted, all the money that when I went back on tour with him or the tour that we did to release that song, all the money that I made, well, not all of it, but a good bit of it, he was like, oh, pay up. He goes, you wasted all that time in the studio. I was like, dang it. But in the end, we ended up going back in and I, it was perfect. But goodness gracious. I was going to say, it sounds like a, goodness a heck of a life lesson for you there. <laughs> oh, it was definitely, I learned multiple life lessons that week. Well, I'm sure it has led you to where you are now and, and you've taken that and, and run with it. Because you've got, like I said, your, your latest single is Texas Hold'em. What drew you to that song? Because I know that wasn't one that you had written or anything like that. So what drew you to that song and made you want to, that, that, you know, felt like you? Well, like, you know, I don't know if you're ever in school or church and whatever the teacher, the pastor is talking about at that time is literally exactly what's going on in your life. And um, Jada had sent me that song along with some others. Uh, several years ago I had been holding on to those songs for a while and I had just left Texas like February I think of that year and just like to try it one more time with my ex-boyfriend like long high school ex-boyfriend you know just see if we'll work it out I went to Texas it obviously didn't and then she had sent me those songs and, you know, I heard Porchlight and I was like, oh, loved that. And then I listened to Texas Hold'em and I literally was just like, it was like, I wrote this, like, what? It was like, is she, she following me? Like, dang, Jada. Like, it was so, it, it got me. Like, I cried. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I felt, it, it hit me. And I was like, yep, this is, I got to record the song. I have to record this. So basically you felt yourself in the song. And you knew if you could connect to it, you assumed other people were going to be like, I feel what she's feeling on that one. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And now... Because it was exactly how I was feeling. And now you mentioned the other song. It was, it was kind of scary. Well, I, that, that was my next question on that, too, was, is it weird when someone is almost, like, in your life writing about things that are happening, and you're like, but that's... You shouldn't know that, <laughs> right? <laughs> No, it is, but that's what makes, I think, honestly, that's what makes music so amazing and so relatable is that you can re- you can write something that's going on personally, and the reason it does touch so many people is because they can be like, oh my god, like, that's exactly what I'm going through, and it was so scary because it was like all the things she was saying, all the things that she was thinking in these verses, I was just like, oh my god, like, that's exactly what I'm feeling right now, what, like, what is going on? It was, it was just weird. The timing was we- oh, weird. It was perfect, honestly. Some things are just, just meant to be. Now, I'm hoping that you weren't going through the emotions of Porchlight, the video at least, at any point. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Porchlight was, uh, it was a fun one to do because I definitely got to do a little, do some acting. Um, I had read the script, and, you know, I, I, was loving it and then we got in there to do the music video and after we filmed all the scenes she came in and she was like all right we have to have a safety talk you got to put on these goggles and I was like safety talk what's going on what's what's happening 
And she's like, you're going to be breaking some stuff. You're going to be breaking a lot of stuff. I was like, oh, oh. So, yeah, that was that was really fun to, you know, cut up the couch and smash the mirrors and the windows. It was definitely, I felt horrible because the sweet lady that was letting us borrow her house, I'm like, are you sure that this is okay? She's like, absolutely. Very, you know, very sweet, very nice. But I was like, it was fun. It was definitely fun filming that one. And, and I was going to say, because Porchlight definitely has a different feel to it than, say, Texas Hold'em. Um, so what was it about that song that, that, that you love? Because I know you kind of mentioned those were kind of sent to you around the same time. So clearly there was something about both of those songs that you just connected with. Uh, Porchlight, for me, I connected with the attitude and the sass of the song. Because that's it's a lot like my personality. Like, if I were to be in that situation, that's exactly, like, not maybe not exactly how I would react but pretty pretty close <laughs> you, you, you can't say that's how you would act you got to be able to play the you know you know no, nothing was uh, planned beforehand right no 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 not at all <laughs> and and um, I, I think I've read two words you kind of see the, those two songs as kind of like both together like as kind of almost like a dual um, story kind of you know like a continuation of a, a story why why is that um i'm not sure i, I we picked we definitely picked both of those because it, there was such a contrast like porch light was such a hit it hard you know sassy very you know attitude type song and then texas holdem was so sweet and thoughtful and sentimental and I know I know I don't know I really liked that contrast I like that I that it was two completely different things and are, is this leading I'm guessing to an EP an album at some point what can you tell me that won't get you in trouble <laughs> oh gosh I like to talk so I, I get me in trouble a lot um definitely I'm hopefully next year I'm thinking some, possibly summer, maybe, but definitely next year. So this is building towards something at least. You can say that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And what's it been like for you to be able to perform these songs? And what's the response been like when you've been able to share some of your songs on stage with those? Oh, my gosh. The response has been better than what I could even expect. There's so many people that come up to me after the show and they're like, Oh my gosh, like I, I have your song downloaded, but when, you know, I heard you sing it, you sang 10 times better than on the record. And I listened to your song or I'll have people message me your song really, you know, touched me or, you know, when you sang at the show the other night, you said, uh, or the, one of the best compliments I get is I love when you do your covers, but my favorite are your originals. And I was like, oh, that's really, really nice to hear. Well, and, and I was going to say, I mean, that's got to... But the, the reaction's been great. And, and that's got to be exactly what you, you want to hear. And, and I think, too, I'm guessing you're connecting with, with folks in a, in a different way as well. You know, with obviously they can see themselves in the lyrics or they, they can see the story there. But you will literally hop off stage. Uh, I think you took a jello shot one time. You uh, helped console a baby one time where does that come from 
I don't know. Um, I think growing up up around a lot of the, you know, older school country artists, like my dad's era and, you know, his age, they all were very, their fans were it. You know, you, you didn't get to where you were without your fans. So it's only natural or it's only right that you give them that time if you can't before the show and definitely can't after or vice versa. I think it's very important that you make time. And, you know, one of the compliments that I always hear that my dad got and a lot of people would tell me because a lot of people that come to my shows obviously have seen my dad too however many years and one of the best compliments that he always gets is that your dad stayed until the very last person came and shook his hand like security would keep coming telling him you know we can shut it down we can stop the line right here and dad was like nope every last person so the last person in that line and that was just something that I, and I, well, I love babies and I love kids too. And I love talking. I love people. Honestly, I love just talking to people, but I, I really admired that in my dad. And that was one thing I definitely wanted to take with me when I was out and about and I end up having fun. I get to go, you know, I go in the crowd and I meet all these new fun people and I get to do things like the jello shots and the moonshine shots and you know, take pictures, hear stories, and it's, it's, I love it. It's so much fun. It's one of my favorite parts about performing, actually. Well, like I said, you're connecting in so many different ways, and, and, and I think it's cool, too, that your songs really do tell a story as well, because that goes back to that, you know, 90s country, that traditional country where you can, you're telling a story, basically, and, and, and how much fun is it for you to find songs and, and things like that to, that kind of tell a story that you can kind of share either maybe it's a part of you or you know you're able to share bits and pieces of things that you you want folks to to enjoy oh yeah absolutely because those are my i mean those are my favorite songs are the songs that tell stories absolutely and i feel like that's kind of that's kind of the direction i want to go is more 90s meets now and i i do want my songs have meanings and to tell stories i I do want to bring that back well you you don't we need more storytelling songs we we do and i I love that you're doing that because you've done so well on texas hold'em and porch light and you know we we talked earlier where your dad had to you know kind of said hey you're gonna play you know take you're gonna do it on your own what's it been like blazing your own path so far and finding your sound and finding how you want to approach things because it's not everyone can do that (laughs) or finds it as easy you know, easily. No. Um, I mean, there's definitely hard moments, but I mean, I knew what I was signing up for. I knew what I was getting into and I had already always kind of been performing and, you know, I did dance and so all the performance and everything kind of came easier to me. Um, but finding my sound like that was really hard for me in the beginning because um, you know, I was young. I didn't really know much about singing or much about the industry. So everyone who I was listening to at the time, I was trying to mimic and trying to copy, which is okay to an extent, but then you start sounding like exactly like that person. And, um, luckily I had my dad to be like, Hey, it's all, it's all good. You know, it's, he goes, I used to do it with Waylon Jennings, Charlie Daniels. He goes, you know, you have this people that you, you want to emulate, but, 
he goes, and that's all fine. You take bits and pieces, but you still make it your own style. You don't copy. There's already a Carrie Underwood. There's already a Willie Nelson. We don't need another one. You just got to, you know, take bits and pieces of what you learned and make your own sound and figure out what works for you and what fits best. And that's what I found fits best for me is that like 90s meets now added a little bit of rock add a little bit of blues in there like that's my sound. a little bit of sass a little bit of sass oh can't forget the sass <laughs> and then, and then, like you said you find who you are you find Tyler Reese Tritt and get to share your side and, and like I said you, you, you've got the two songs out now you're working building towards something in 2024 so what can folks expect the rest of this year and going into next year um, we might have a, a couple little singles to put out before this year is over with. And then um, definitely hit the ground running next year. We're going to be touring a lot. We have a whole bunch of new music coming out next year. Um, next year, I feel like I feel like we're really hitting it hard next year. We're getting we're getting all the ducks lined up, getting everything set up. And I, it's making me really, really excited. So. Well, that, that makes me excited because it sounds like you got some, some fun things planned and and, you know, you, you've been able to do different shows this year, whether with your dad, you've done some other ones. What's been your favorite thing about getting out and kind of seeing people? And, and I know I asked about sharing songs because that's pretty cool, but being up on stage, what's what's the best part of that? And what's your favorite song to sing when you, you do that? Oh, ah, my favorite song to sing. It's got to be between, I do a Roseanne Cash cover called Seven Year Eight, and that, I do really enjoy singing that one, but I also enjoy singing, it's so hard because it's literally between three, Good Girl by Carrie Underwood, and then Gretchen Wilson, Redneck Woman. I do love me some Gretchen or here for the party. I have a lot of favorites in my head. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm guessing too, because I always ask this with, with artists, you know, like whether it's someone with Whiskey Myers, who's got, you know, six, seven albums that they can go through. What's, what's you, I know you've only got a couple so far, but what's your favorite one of yours that you, and it could be one you haven't released yet, but like that you just love playing live because there's just something about live that makes it a little different than the album version or something like that. Porchlight. Porchlight is very, very fun to play live. That one is, yeah, that's got it. That's hands down probably one of the funnest. I can, to play I can live. see that. That one brings some attitude. Even the band, just because the band gets to have, yeah, the band gets to have fun. We all just get to have fun together. I like that. I like that. That makes a, a ton of sense. And, yeah. and, and like I said, I've really enjoyed getting to listen to your, your songs that you put out. It sounds like you got some really cool things coming forward. And, Tyler, thanks for sharing a drink with me. I know yours was a little lighter than mine, you know, staying in the, in the sweeter yeah. world, but I really appreciate it. Of course. No, thank you so much for having me. Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.